The road to superintendency can be long and curvy, filled with learning experiences that help prepare you for the challenge. Every position that you've held before and every connection made during provides the tools that you need to make your transition into a superintendent's role more successful. John Fortney had a long, curvy path, but eventually made his way into a superintendency role and is making great strides in the field of education as a top district leader. Join us today as we talk about his journey and where his path is taking him next. John Fortney is in his fourth year as a superintendent for the Van Farr R1 School District in Vandalia, Missouri. With more than two decades in education, John has been a paraprofessional, teacher, director, assistant, and head building principal and now superintendent. His unique view of education has been shaped by the alternative route that he took to certification. John is a believer in people and works every day to provide support to the community he serves. He has a bachelor's degree in anthropology from Hamilton College, master's in exercise science from California University of Pennsylvania, and an educational specialist degree in educational leadership from the University of Missouri-Columbia. John is supported by his bride of 25 years, Sherry, a retired special education administrator, and his wonderful grandkids. He loves being outside, hiking, camping, overlanding, and road tripping to various parts of the country. And let me tell you, if you follow John on social media, you'll see some amazing pictures of his trips all around the United States. I can't wait for you to hear the story of John's trek into superintendency. And John did not know this when we interviewed, but this is my 50th episode, and I am super happy about that. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting, and I would really appreciate your support further if you would hop on over to Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Hi friend, are you ready to move into a leadership position? Do you have interests and ambitions that you want to pursue, but feel like you don't know how to take that next step? Maybe you want to start your own coaching or consulting agency. I'm Mel, and I help educators define their career path through correct mindset, knowing your options, and getting prepared for your career transition. I will show you how to level up your leadership skills, share your expertise in a new way, create impact on a larger scale, and put your leadership in motion. As an educator for over 20 years, I started to feel underused and like I had more to give. I knew when the time had come for me to leave the classroom and affect change on a larger level. Now, I'm ready to help you determine where your talents and skills mesh with your passions and interests, put your leadership in motion, and move into that next phase of your educational career journey. Let me help you define your career path by having the right mindset, knowing your options, and getting prepared for that next leadership position. So power up and put your leadership in motion. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mel Vandevoort, and today I have a special guest with me. I have John Fortney, and John and I have known each other for quite a little while. We um, came in contact with each other in administration when I worked in my very small town of Bell, Missouri, and 
we met through Leadership Academy and we did a wonderful OLE, which is an outdoor learning experience. And we trekked through the woods. He was in a different group than I was, but we trekked through the woods for quite some time to make it back to where we needed to be so we could have dinner and come back to the living. And um, it was quite an experience. It was a great, great time. Even though it was tiring, we had a wonderful time. I learned a lot. John has gone on to do some amazing things with OLE and Leadership Academy. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's always good to see you, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I am super excited to connect with you again and talk about your experience as a, a as an educational leader and moving from teacher into a leader position. And you've had quite a little experience. So you, I'm just going to let you take the, the stage now and I'm going to stop you when I have a question or when I have a thought and we'll just go from there. So go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll just start talking about your experience. Sure. So uh, my name is John Fordney. Currently, I'm the superintendent of schools for the Van Farr One School District, uh, about an hour and a half, roughly northeast, northwest, I guess, depending on how your map faces uh, from St. Louis. Uh, I'm in year 10 of administration, and I can still trying to figure out what year it is I've been in education. It just blends all together. I was a non-traditional leap into education. So so I was the alternative route. So if anybody's out there wondering if they can have a, a previous life and get an education, I am living proof that you can. Um, my bachelor's degree actually is in anthropology with an archaeology focus. So I literally... Oh my goodness. Okay. So did yep. not know that. And that is... <laughs> Not anything I've ever even no. heard of around so, here. <laughs> I, I was I was a practicing archaeologist doing contract work in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So when that I, I, explains I, a lot about your love of travel and visiting yeah, places and yes. being outside and all that stuff. So so we did. I had a, my parents at the time were living in St. Louis. My mom and dad were living in West St. Louis County, and my dad was working for the Best Soda Company. So if anybody knows the Whistle Orange and Whistle Grape, he was the maintenance manager for them, and. uh I just needed a reset in my life. So my dad said, you know what? Why don't you come home for a little bit and see what's happening? Um, in that process, I got hooked up as a substitute teacher in a in a pretty big school district in St. Charles County, not too far from where we lived. And the bug hit me. And so was loved working with kids. I've always had that experience. Um, loved coaching. Got a chance to coach when I was in college, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was it was always that personal connection that was a big deal. And so really tried to pursue that, was going to go back to school to do the non-traditional way of, of took classes at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. I've got so many undergraduate hours. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's so oh, ridiculous. It's redonkulous. We should get together and compare hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know that there's anybody in Missouri who has as many hours as I do. Yeah. Like my, I almost think my undergraduate transcript went onto a second page because I was yeah. taking JUCO classes. I mean, it was just everywhere. So anyway, during that time period, I wound up getting married. And at the time, you got to be a responsible husband and take care of your family. So I left um, I left taking classes, and I went into the work world and was doing hazardous waste remediation, big sales guy, all the fancy words that go with it. I hated it. I was good at it, but I hated it. But I've always been fairly persuasive with stuff. And uh -huh. education becomes a sales job, which is probably account for some of my success in the classroom. 
So anyway, sitting at, at dinner one day, my wife went, I'm tired of looking at you moping around. You need to go get your teaching degree and get things going. And so what happened was during that process, went back to take classes and then wound up with Missouri had a program called the Transition to Teaching Project, where they were taking people that had a bachelor's degree and they were paying for their coursework. You had to pay for your books, but they had these, it was telelearning. It really was, it was, it was distance learning. Early, an early adoption of it. So we would drive to a, I drive to a campus. Professor might be in Columbia. I was taking classes at University of Missouri Rolla on their campus by video. And you got the hours to get certified. And so while you were doing that, then you, I had a, a it was the authorization certificate or whatever that we can do now, but they were paying for those classes. So I got hired in Cuba, Missouri, Mm-hmm. Living in St. Louis was driving an hour and 15 minutes one way when gas was a dollar a gallon, driving this big old monster F-150. I couldn't do it nowadays. Gas is too expensive. I'd have to right. go pizza route. But so I, I did all my classes. So I, I got into education the alternative route. So I've never student taught. My first year teaching, we were on a block schedule school and I had six classes and I had six preps. The next year, I thought my principal liked me because I went down to five preps. I taught world history twice. But I mean, I was the Swiss Army knife. I taught everything in the social studies department that the other people didn't want to. Right. Did that for a while. Then finally got took the test, got fully certified, wound up going. It, it made some moves uh, teaching-wise, but every move that I made, really, the it was funny because I wanted to coach. And I love the ability to work with young people on an athletic field. So I jokingly tell people I my I went to my day job to get to my night job, which was coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I had had great experiences with that, had the opportunity working with a young man in Steelville, Missouri that wound up number two in the nation in the shot put. Nike paid for us to fly. Whole other long story there. Almost got arrested at the airport. That's a whole different podcast, but I'll tell you that off off the air. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make a note because I'm gonna yeah. need to hear that story for sure. True story. So you got to call me before. I'm not going to put that on the air. I got to do this. Okay. I got to rep to protect. But uh, uh, did not happen, by the way. Just want to put that. I did not get arrested, but I got close. So did all this stuff and and really fought the urge. Had people saying, "Hey, you need to to think about educational leadership." And and honestly, I always said that I I never ever wanted to be a an administrator. I thought it was I thought it was um, overhyped. I, I was I was a head coach. I was a head track coach. I was a track coach that coached football, not a football coach that coached track, if that made sense. So I enjoyed coaching football, but I really was a track guy because yeah. of that one-on-one and that kind of stuff and the psychology. So I got a master's in sports psychology because I knew I could use that right away. And a master's in administration wasn't going to help me because I didn't see any value in it because I was never going to be that. So life kind of goes through and you make your ebbs and flows. And, and at one point, I, I take a break from being a, a full-time teacher. And I wound up working at Maryville University in St. Louis as assistant track coach. I was living the world. I was a university coach and I was working part-time at, at a school called Lindbergh High School, which is a, a, a good-sized, academically talented school in South St. Louis County. Mm-hmm. And, and because of my sports connections, I get this job. And, and basically, I was an administrative liaison, which is a fancy way to say I was the principal's bully. So I worked with the head principal and four assistants. And I did case management for non-IEP kids. So at Lindbergh at the time, they tracked attendance, discipline, and um, academics. And if you had a problem in two of the three of those areas, then I became your big brother. I was not an administrator. I was not a teacher. I was just there to support you and get you through. 
Mm-hmm. Well, in the process of doing that, the, the, the administrators I work with every day figured out that I had a specialized skill set because typically this people that have been hired for this job were still in college or they'd never taught. And so here I am. I have a family. I've been an experienced operator as a teacher. I've coached. Uh, I was a sales guy. So they gave kept giving me more and more duties. And, and I remember, and I will never forget this guy, and if he's ever listening, Dr. Ryan Sherp is the, the head principal at Fox High School in Jefferson County, and he was an assistant principal that hired me. And he called me into his office, and he said, you need to get your master's in administration. And I said, why? And he goes, because you're doing about 90% of what I'm doing every day, and I loved what I was doing every day. Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he hit me with the number that my wife, he goes, but I'm making like $90,000 a year more than you are. Wow. And my, my wife goes, no, I don't think it was that much. I think he was trying to get for emph- emphasis, emphasis, as we call it in our house. Right. But uh, so I, I talked to my wife and she's like, you're going back to school. Now, <laughs> isn't your wife in, in education as well? She just retired this past June. She, uh, okay. Doc, the, the good doctor, Dr. Sherry Fortney. It's Dr. and Mr. Fortney when we go out and introduce ourselves <laughs> to people. But uh, the good doctor retired as the, she was the director of special education for the Fulton School District. She was out there for a couple of years, and and yeah. she moved she moved to get closer to me so I could pursue my leadership dream. So so, so she worked with Beth Huff then, mm-hmm. like in that because that's where she, she's no, at, right? Fulton? No, well Beth Beth's in Jeff City now at, at oh, Capital at Capital City High School. She's that principal there. Okay, but no, Sherry, this is Beth's first year, so the last two years Sherry and Beth were on the same on the same team together. And Beth yeah. is also a good friend of mine because of OLE. So I get a chance. That's you get hooked up for all that stuff. So anyway, we. I get my, I go, I apply, I get my specialist in school administration because I already had a master's. They put me in the advanced classes, which was, um, which was the best thing that could have happened to me. 30,000 foot view. You're talking about district leadership and you're seeing the impact of stuff. And for me, it was like going to revival every weekend. I'd go to spend all day in Mizzou for classes and I'd come home that night and I'm convinced we could, I could change the world. You give me the right people and a lever and I could move everything. Right. And I, and I had great opportunity and great interns and, and mentors and people and all that. So I graduate. I didn't immediately take a job because I still had some coaching to get out of, out of my system. And so uh-huh. I had a great opportunity to do that and finished up with, with and, and was working. It was funny because at one point my wife looked at me and she said, I know you like the coaching thing, but basically fantasy camp is over. It's time to go back and get a real job because you need to be in a classroom changing kids' lives. So I worked the last few years as a teacher in the alternative school at Lindbergh and then was doing classes and all that. And so it's been a, like I said, it's a very storied, kind of a shoots and ladders almost version of my life. It's um, a good thing you married her because she she oh, kept you on the straight and narrow, didn't she? Twenty. We, we celebrated 25 years of marriage yesterday and nothing has changed. She has a stick with a nail in it just just for you. <laughs> and I, I will tell you proudly, I earn every every time I get in trouble, I've done something stupid. So just the yeah. nature of me. Hey, but, at least, you know, at least you are admitting it and taking uh, yeah. responsibility. That's the important part. Well, responsibility is kind of a big word. You know, I'm like a 13 yeah. year old with a master's. Team. Well, you know, People will figure that out. So uh, had an opportunity. My first uh, administrative job was assistant principal at Owensville High School. So I went from a 2000 kid high school to a 650 kid high school where I, I was replacing the, the assistant principal had been promoted to the head principal. And then I was coming in as the assistant principal. And so I had known him before we had a great, had, had a great previous relationship from years ago. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of fun, very high energy. 
uh, I was the disciplinarian. So I was responsible for discipline for 650 kids on top of being directly responsible for English, science, and practical and fine arts. So, I mean, I had two cores and then I had, uh, and, and the practical arts was interesting because we had a three-person FFA ag department that, you know, when you were next door to us, was a, a, a national award-winning. I mean, these guys were competitive and, and high-needs folks. So, getting so you're going to need to explain that to some people who yeah. probably have no idea what FFA is so at FFA, all. So Future Farmers of America, these are, these, are, these are your country kids. And when we look at an agricultural department in, in a rural community, like it is here where I'm at in Van Farr, your FFA ag department is the practical arts of your, that's where you're going to get wood shop. That's where you're going to get welding classes. That's where you're going to learn to build and grow things. But you have to do it through the lens of an agricultural mindset. And so your rural communities have those kind of things. And and if you're not sure, just Google the high school or whatever you're looking at, mm-hmm. go like Johnson High School Ag Department. And if they have a link, I promise you it's there because this group is, I mean, I've got parents that are in their or grandparents that have their blue coats which is the the famous coat from from those things. I mean, they're still wearing that stuff. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm from the country too. So mm-hmm. I am very familiar with FFA and ag because I had three boys and they all wanted to be in ag class because that's the thing to do. It was funny when I was the principal at Bell, they have in that small town, they have drive your tractor to school day. And mm-hmm. so all of these kids in the high school will drive their tractor to school one day and there's tractors parked everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, that's a big thing for them. Here in the city where I'm located right now, they're like, some kids don't even know what a tractor is, mm-hmm. much less what FFA or any of that is pertaining yeah. to. So, yeah, it's it's a foreign concept to people. And I, and, and I don't care what school district you are on drive your tractor to school day. The cost of the tractors collectively Mm-hmm. is more than probably four or five times the um, the value of the cars that are sitting in your oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. Got, I mean, it is absolutely absolutely I mean it's crazy watching a, a 14 or 15 year old kid drive a $750,000 combine yeah and like it's nothing I mean yeah. and, and and grandpa says yeah sure go ahead take it I don't let my kids sit in my chair let alone drive <laughs> a car so it's it, but I was a suburb kid. I didn't grow up in that. So it's been right. so so four years at Owensville, um, had a great experience there, learned a ton, had an opportunity to serve three different principals in four years as an assistant principal. Um, learned whether they were a good leader or a bad leader, I learned a tremendous amount from them. Last principal was a woman named Cindy Hawkins, who is is just was gold for me. She was the shining light that I needed mm-hmm. to pour into my soul at the time. Had a chance then, uh, was always wanted to be a principal and and probably interviewed 25 or 30 times for different jobs in the four years that I was at, at Owensville. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. The number right. of times that I finished second was ridiculous, but I was committed to the goal. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was just trying to get the old salesman in me. You got to get a lot of no's before you get that first yes. Yes. And so we just keep hammered on. But I was strategic. I wasn't applying for every single thing. There was just a lot of openings in the time that we were near each other. There Mm -hmm. there was just stuff all over the state. And at the time, my wife had given us me the opportunity. So we we pulled a map of Missouri and we figured out what a three-hour drive from our house would be. So she knew that I would, if if I moved, that she would be okay with that. We were raising kids. We've got a Mm -hmm. lot of family dynamic stuff. 
So it took a little time, but I wound up getting offered a principalship in Monroe City, which is uh, about 45 minutes north of where I am now. I had no clue where Monroe City was. I just, mm-hmm. I, I had I had heard great things about the superintendent, a guy named Dr. Tracy Bottoms, who's in Montgomery County now and a, and a very good friend of mine. And so I applied for the job, big sports town. They The week before I interviewed for the principalship, they were trying to win a state championship in football. I mean, just a lot of, you know, the academic stuff there. Um, get hired on, phenomenal experience, a lot of great leadership, had a lot of great opportunities. Um, transparently with people, with, was there two years, which would have put us just, I was there March of 2020. Everybody, you know, the old, where were you when 9-11 happens? Where were you March of 2020? Right. I was in Monroe City, Missouri, trying to help teachers, trying to get things back together. Uh, got real active. We, we'd done a lot of great things and, and really worked on building culture spent a lot of time for me, mental health and, and multi-tier systems of support and, and response to intervention is a big deal. Probably from my alternative school background, because we see that the, the low end and how do we raise that up and, and very much a big believer that a rising tide lifts all, all boats. So how do we be that rising tide mm-hmm. and lift people up? So my, after two years, my superintendent, this will be, I mean, this is transparent. So my superintendent tells me he's going to another district. Now I picked that district because of him. Right. So literally, that's the whole reason. So all of a sudden, he's leaving. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I, I had some people that approached me and said, hey, why don't you apply for the superintendent job here? And I said, okay, I had my degree and had the experience and stuff and had the desire to do it. Didn't work out. And, and, and no offense to the guy that replaced me, but I didn't pick him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so I'm like, okay. And I told people, I said, if I apply for a superintendent job, the way I'm wired, once you pull the lid off that, it doesn't go back on. My focus will be hyper-focused on being a superintendent. Mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, I interviewed and applied for three different superintendent positions, with Van Farr being the last one and the one that they offered me. So during this time period, I'm living apart from my wife. Now, mind you, she is, she's outside of Union, Missouri. She's about two hours away from us, from me. I go mm-hmm. home on the weekends. Right. And it's been quite the challenge. And so, And that's exactly what I did when I was at Bell. You know, I lived away yeah. from home. I drove home on the weekends. Thank goodness yeah. it was a four-day school week. That gave me an extra day at mm-hmm. home. So my follow-up for all of that that you're saying and being is be flexible. If you are trying to get your first position and you really want it and there's not you're not finding success in your local geographic area, then be flexible. See how far you can drive. Are you willing to move? I lived away from home. and. Yeah. I did it because that is where I needed to be. But it was a good situation yeah. having that four-day school week. So search those schools out and really be cognizant to what that looks like for you and your family, just like you did. And, and I would suggest, too, that people pay attention to who they're going to be working for and who they're going to be working with, because closer isn't always better. It may pay better, but the the lessons and experiences, I believe it. I would not be on the path I am now with my next career move, which we'll we'll get to, if mm-hmm. I hadn't had the experiences that I had before. You know, Cindy Hawkins, Tracy Bottoms, Ryan Sherp, 
I, I've had these people that have poured into me at the right times, and they weren't on the traditional path. They definitely weren't the route that I wanted to go. By all, all stretches, I should be on my fourth NCAA champion as a Division One throws coach at some major university somewhere, and I'm not. But that, does, but my life is richer because of that. Yes, and, I, and, and I, that's I, another thing that I agree with too. You get all of these experiences in a place that you may not think you're going to, and it's funny, even though that was a very small school district where I was the principal. I got opportunities that I would not have gotten elsewhere. And that led me to be able to meet people like you. And now we have this educational relationship that, you know, we've got some things that we are in the works because you never know what's going to be down the road with somebody that you've met years before. So always be networking and being open to those relationships and building those relationships and staying connected. Well, and it's a great opportunity because you can learn something from everybody and you never know yes. when somebody's going to be able to provide you those pieces. And so I'm a strong man of faith and believe that that God puts you people in place for the right reason yes. at the right time, yes. how we respond. But I'm such a fan of learning. Like I, t I tell people, me too. I, my parents never worried about where I was at the museum when they took me as a kid. They mm -hmm. just had to find where, where is the tour guide? And I was standing next to the tour guide. Right. At, asking questions. I was that kid and I'm still that adult at age yeah. 51. Me too. So it, it, it's been such a blast, but it was interesting with the changeover because it's becoming a superintendent coming to coming back to the story piece went from a five day week to a four day school week and COVID during my first superintendency. And so now I'm in year four and I'm convinced. I can come up with a plan now for anything. If you find plutonium in a school building, I can come up with a plan on how to try to get rid of it. It may not be the right plan, but right. it would be based off CDC recommendations. Right. Uh, but, but it's just, I mean, just the experience. And, and it's been wonderful because in, in my, um, so the school district I'm leading, I'm a one-man band. I've got a great team around me. So I've got uh -huh. phenomenal people in place great leadership capacity within them, but it's 570 kids pre-K-12. When I have looked at other positions and talked to people, they ask about like what your skill set is. And I said, the, the list of what I haven't done is smaller than the list of things that I have done as a right. superintendent. Yeah. And so I think, now, and it's all scalable. You learn to do those things. Mm -hmm. so exactly. Process, you know, in the process of that, so that brings me to now today, so within the last couple of weeks, I'm going to be leaving my current position, and I'm actually heading out to New Hampshire next school year. I've got named superintendent of the Kearsarge Regional School District, and uh, which is seven communities that are together, about 1,800 students. New London. I'm gonna don't put. I'm not going to get them all off because I'll miss somebody, and they'll, they'll right, right, right. New London's the big thing. So if you look up that, so I'll be going as superintendent out there, which is I'm not retiring from Missouri. It was just an opportunity. We're we're big. My wife and I are very big in camping and hiking and overlanding and being outside. We're a statistic in a sense that we're raising our grandkids. We have custody of them because of addiction and mental health issues with one of our kids. But because we're big on experiences over things, we'd been to New Hampshire and my wife had fallen in love. And I, I'm from Syracuse, New York. And so I knew the Northeast. So it was just this great opportunity. But but a lot of those experiences connected and lead up. And when we talk about the yes. idea of how do you leverage your personality and your skill set, you know, going in, you don't know where those matches are going to happen. It's bittersweet. I'm very close with my community here and I'm embedded 
you know, I'm Santa Claus for the elementary school. I drive the kindergartners to the pumpkin patch every year. Mm-hmm. I dress up in the blow up costume for Halloween and, and, and have a lot of fun with all those kind of things. Because again, like I've said, I'm 13 with a master key, but that's something that the district that I'm going to is, is looking for and is wanting me to dive in and dig in. Now I can still do the hard work and we can still do all of that other stuff. But to me, there's no point along the way. I, I live very much a get to life. And mm-hmm. I have get two jobs. And yes. The best part of my life is that I wake up every morning and I get to stand up. And some days are easier than others. And not every mm-hmm. day is a, a joy. Right. But I'm thankful for every moment because every time the people that have poured into me, that's the only way that I can repay that investment in me is to make sure that other people have that access. And so, you know, if, if my story proves anything, it's that no, there are many roads to Rome and you can have a lot of success with stuff. I mean, it's, we build deep relationships. We, we've fought many battles with mental health and, and picking fights with state agencies and trying to argue with the, the, the governor's office and whatever. But at the end of the day, I've got, I, I get the opportunity to lead a group of people that truly love kids and will do anything in their power to move the needle on kids. And, and man, that just makes everyday fun. So you've already kind of alluded to it, but I was going to ask you, you know, like if you're wanting to move out of, it's a little bit of a trek to be a superintendent. So you're not going to go from teacher to superintendent, probably very easy. You're going to need a little bit more experience in there because that's a pretty big job. Speak to like the mindset of going from teacher all the way up to (laughs) being a, a superintendent eventually. So I was a coach. Is going up. I've always been a coach mentality. And so mm-hmm. when I looked at that, the ability to coach, to go from coaching kids as a teacher to coaching adults as an administrator to coaching adults in another way has always been in the forefront of those kind of things. And so the biggest piece is if you ask me what the model I operate on, people don't work for me, they work with me. Mm-hmm. So I've got a what they call a, a servant leader mindset. My, yes. I see my job, my job is, as a building principal and as a superintendent is to be the bulldozer. It's to plow the road so everybody has a clear path behind me. And so I take on the tough conversations and the tough fights because we know the number one determinant of educational success for a kid is that adult in the room with those kids. And the number two thing of success is the person supporting that person in the room. Exactly. So here I am from a tertiary standpoint, if I can make it so my principals have everything they need to be successful and to feel supported, then in turn... They're going to take that same love and connection and do the same thing with our teachers. And if Mm -hmm. our teachers feel love and connection and supported, what does that look like in a classroom? And so that's Mm -hmm. it. while it it appears on the outside from a trickle down theory, it really is a priming the pump because we're starting with the end in mind. It's all how do we make the kids as good as they can be? I'm a big believer that every kid can learn. Yes. They all learn in different rates. They all learn different things. The old Einstein thing that everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you know, so you yes. just have to find the genius in our kids. Exactly. And we, to, and we have to give our teachers the ability to do those things and support that stuff. And we're battling right now. The the these We've got so many bullets coming in from the outside, from politics to indoctrination to book banning. I mean, you name it, you can go a million different routes. Right. But what are we doing to help ourselves? And that's the piece there is. So when we come into that mindset, it's my job completely is one of service. What can I do to make things easier? What can I do to make you feel more supported? What can I do to help keep you more focused? What can I do? And sometimes it's what can I do to help keep you accountable? 
Mm-hmm. That's the other piece too, is it that is that that servant model is not devoid of accountability. If anything, you're hyper accountable to me because of the relationship that we have built. Right. And and I tell my folks all the time, I use the word love liberally and I mean it. I love you too much to not have the tough conversations. My folks know worry when I don't talk to you anymore, not when I'm talking to you. Kind of right. that bad mentality. Right. But but and so when we look at that, it I I, I will tell you that. I do not see the leadership role as a principal or superintendent through the generalized lens. I think we've got a great opportunity to innovate and really build capacity in others. Mm-hmm. And, and we really, I need, I need my folks to be experts in their field. And what I can, what can I do to yes. make that happen and make that take place is, is the kind of the process. And so you win sometimes and you lose a lot of times, but if you get a group of people that'll stick in the fight with you, that's that change piece. So, so my leadership model and just that mindset is just 100% that of service. My job is a service mm-hmm. role. How do we make things better for the people that we serve? If we can model it, then I can expect it. Yes, absolutely. You are right on target. And just following up, I know you have a servant heart. I, just knowing you from being at OLE in Leadership Academy, all of those things, just working with you, I, I know what kind of heart you have. I love seeing the progression that you've had and moving into this role. And now you're able to affect change on a much larger scale. And I'm super excited for your new experience that you're going to be diving into in just a few months. So congratulations for that, for sure. Thank you very much. I've really, it's an honor and I'm humbled to be able to move into these kind of roles because anytime you have an opportunity to go another part of the country and you see great things happening, Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, we really like the great things you're doing. And we want you to add that to the great things we're doing. And to be able to do it from a leadership capacity. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Yes. I will I will miss terribly the folks that I work with here, but I get to increase my network. And, th- and now my friends have a cool place to come visit on the East Coast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So give me one last word of wisdom or word of advice for teachers ready to transition out of the classroom into a leadership position, any leadership position. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that you need to be able to really reflect on who you are as a leader and be able to articulate what your leadership model is. And and, and there are, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a right or a wrong leadership model. It's just where do you get to apply that leadership model? Mm-hmm. So if you're very dictatorial, you may not be an educational leader. There might be other routes for you if you want to get right. those leadership things, but you have to be able to articulate how you lead. That's the only way you get to, you, you get to reflect on who you are as a leader when you can mm-hmm. say, this is the model by with which I work. Because by being able to say I'm a servant leader, if I'm not acting in a servant capacity, the people that I work with can hold me accountable going, this is not true to the values that you presented to us. Right. And, and you really have to do a lot of self-reflection to be able to articulate what kind of leader you, not that you want to be, because you should be evolving, but where are you starting right now? What would you say your leadership style is? And how do you see yourself being able to apply that to X position? And I think if you can do that, you're well on your way, because when you interview, people are listening for you to be able to say, this is the kind of leader that I am. Right. And very seldom are we just one leadership style. You are usually a mix of a few, and Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. It would be hard just to be one type of leader because then something's going to get left out. So 
Good job today. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Good luck in your future endeavor. I'm excited to hear about that once you get out there and get started. And if anybody would like to connect with you, how can they do that? How can they find you? So, well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. It's always great to talk about leadership. Uh, It's a passion. Um, If anybody wants to find me, the best way and the easiest way is going to be through Twitter. I guess it's X now. Sorry. Yeah, I know. So it's kind of like when Prince changed his name, you know, the mm-hmm, artist formerly known as Prince. Okay. He's still Prince. So yeah. it's still Twitter. Yeah. Got that, it. That's how you know whether you're a new old person or a young person. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but my, my, my X handle is at hiking soup, S U P T. And so feel free to reach out. Um, I, I love connecting with folks. I always love to learn from people and, and yeah, that's going to be the easiest way to, to, to find me. Wonderful. And of course, you guys know I'll have all of that information in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.